okay. The horror of having to have seen that with my own eyes. Oh God, it's so bad. It's completely offset by the fact that you had to do it. To be, this is not the sort of thing that one could do alone. This, this requires like a partner in crime or a co-conspirator. I'm not really sure what the right word would be. Something criminal though. This can't have been legal. I mean, what, the what fact- What we just watched absolutely cannot have been legal. I am so okay with like the mutual destruction pact that we have undertaken. I'm, like, I'm not, I didn't realize we were under, that we were signing like a suicide pact. I thought this was going to be like a fun thing that we did together. Love, love. I will go through torture if it means that you will also be tortured. Oh, God. That's friendship. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Elle, a modern Cinderella story, which was made in 2010. And oh boy, can you tell. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just call this the bad Disney Channel Cinderella, because though it wasn't a Disney Channel movie, it feels like a Disney Channel movie. See, the thing about Disney Channel movies is that they are usually so bad that they go back around the spectrum and they are enjoyable once again. This did not make that upward swing. It just continued to plummet. It's almost impressive how not good this was. Just a complete absence of anything even remotely enjoyable. Yeah, and we talked about pacing issues last week with our five and a half minute fever dream from 120 years ago, but the pacing on this was worse somehow. It was an hour and 38 minutes long. I resent every single one of those moments. They've had 120 years to learn the craft of movie making, and they have done nothing with it. They went backwards. They went backwards. I'm impressed and aghast is the only way I can really describe my mood right now. (laughs) So, Talon, can you set the scene for our listeners? How does this Once Upon a Time begin? It begins with a whole animated thing that tells you the plot of the whole movie, but lies to you about there being magic. Yes. That is what happens. It's weird animation, too. It's very flat. It's kind of like Barbie-like. Yeah, it's like a caricature animation. I, I don't know. It was weird. It wasn't particularly bad, although it certainly wasn't good. And we're getting a song about, about something. dreams. Dreams? It was dream songs? Honestly, I tuned it out. I, I couldn't. It wasn't a good song. It was all about, like, wow, having dreams is totally cool. And you should follow your heart, girls. And then we got a hard transition to just the same background of animated sort of flowers and stuff. But it's the actress. It is the live um, actress playing the guitar and singing. And with the biggest butterfly necklace the world has ever seen. The, she changes outfits approximately seven times in this sequence. Each outfit has an impressive set of earrings and a corresponding necklace. So one of the earrings are those circly chainmail dragon scale looking things that go down to your collarbones. And one was a set of hoop earrings big enough to use as a tire rim and 
the, then there was a necklace that was just took of her entire body. It was bold choices. There were bold. a lot of bold choices. I felt attacked because I remember that jewelry when I thought that looks pretty. And I, I felt attacked. Oh, I had definitely worn the giant hoop earrings that touch your shoulders. Oh, you sure had. Yeah, there. I mean, I can't even pretend because Liv is sitting right there. No. And I will say that happen. I never wore giant hoop earrings, ever, because I didn't have my ears pierced. Okay, so this movie was made in 2010, but the fashion is very, like, 2004. Yes. And we'll get into detail as we go, but there's a lot of, like, tank tops over t-shirts, or rather, like, t-shirts open on, like, a cami inside. There's a lot of, like, emo checkered dresses that are kind of, like, Madonna-inspired. There's, there's a lot of colored tights. Colored tights and kind of chunky shoes. Yeah. And kind of edgy hair where there's little little tiny highlights that are kind of like flippy. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. Okay, it's, so it's real strongly set. It's real okay. strongly set. So Made in 2010 stars Ashley Hewitt and Sterling Knight. Ashley Hewitt is our Cinderella kind of. And she started out by appearing on this country singing reality TV show that was hosted for one season by Billy Ray Cyrus. And that's where she's from. That's Miley Cyrus's father. That, you're not sure. That makes, no, I knew, I knew. Okay, I knew okay. that. I'm just checking. No, that's, um, that's Sterling Knight <laughs> is this Disney Channel guy that was um, on the same TV show that made Demi Lovato popular. He looks and, like a beagle puppy. He looks like a beagle puppy. And he's got, like, the swishy blonde bangs that are very, like, early Justin Bieber, but longer. Everybody, every guy in this show who was under the age of 20 and was not emo had the, that exact same hairstyle. And yeah, the, that part was weird. He, he just looked like a puppy. I cannot get over <laughs> how much of an infant he was. Okay, so during filming, um, Ashley Hewitt was about 22, Sterling Knight was about 21, but she looks like she's like in her 30s maybe, she, and she looks like he's 14 and has just grown facial hair to convince for the first everyone. Time, for the first time, you can tell it's man. that first fuzz of facial hair, and it's he's so good. proud of it. It's not good. And she looks lovely, but she does very much look like she has had some work done to continue the illusion that she is in her early 20s and it's working fairly well but it's um she she, mean, look, she looks like she's our mom. age and she looks like she's our age in 2010 but she's our age now yeah so she she just has a really like well-preserved soccer mom look to her it's not yeah. that she's not pretty she's pretty enough i guess but she just has the the well-preserved soccer mom look so uh her deal <laughs> I couldn't figure it out because her deal seems Please to be that... tell me what her deal is. Well, her deal is that she wants to not want to want to not sing musically. Okay. So the entire time she's like, I don't sing anymore. But every time we see her with her like uncle, who is not actually her uncle, but is her 
parental figure. She's like, oh, have you had a chance to listen to my music? And he's like, no, I'm a very busy man. I'm too busy. So her deal is her parents die in a plane crash. I'm going to speed this up for you. We find out that she got that news. They, They were flying to see her audition to get into Berkeley. And she got the news while in the middle of the audition, like before she could start and that they were in a plane crash on their way to see her. And so now she doesn't sing anymore because she feels guilty that her singing caused their death. Cause I think her singing was so bad that it just shot down the plane. I don't know. She literally says the line, my singing killed my parents. It's so dumb. It's so <laughs> dumb. Okay. We so, have to go in order. We do. We have we to really go in do. order. This, okay. So. She's an orphan. Her parents died in a car crash. Her uncle Alan adopted her. He's just her guardian. He has a music label. It is not doing well. She lives with him, but she's also an intern unpaid. at the music an label. Unpaid intern. The music label has one band of bubblegum pop singer girls who are your classic Mean Girl trilogy triumvirate. I don't know how Mean Girls organize. They're called Sensation, and they don't like introduce them separately no. so i'm gonna just call the lead one mean girl number one even though they tell us later her name is stephanie but like it takes literally the entire movie to get that information no no we get her name within you know 20 minutes of the movie starting you know That's within 10 minutes long. i know we get the second one's name okay before you know the end of the film and we never get the third one's name she's sensation with her sensationettes basically uh they only exist in poses they exist to pose dramatically this is not a visual medium dear listeners but talon is making very dramatic catwalk poses at the camera i'm entertained hands on their hips and then they do like snaps and then they go sensation out out and charlie charlie's angels poses yeah uh, staring dead staring dead into the camera that not breaking the fourth wall just aggressively aware that there's a camera and they can't not look at the camera that is by the way how we get our exposition is the three of them the scene is that they're looking into a mirror but the camera is where the mirror is so you just get these girls like facing straight at the camera telling us what's the deal with that girl i think her parents died or something anyway now she's an intern and we can tell her to do anything it's the stupidest exposition dump so they're awful to her they the, the running gag, I think this is supposed to be humor, is that they get her name wrong every time in increasingly sillier and sillier ways because her name's Elle. And sometimes they call her Eleanor and sometimes they call her Ellie. And then they go off at the end and they're just calling her like Margaret. It's dumb. It's the it's dumbest dumb running gag. gag. So uh, they, she is their intern slave. So she goes and she gets coffee and we meet cute coffee guy who gets a name eventually okay, he's not cute no no i'm sorry i mean cute like a slobbery puppy like you get a, a slobbery okay. puppy and it's dumb you get one of those dumb happy dogs don't get invested in the coffee guy he's the love interest for the best friend but we do meet him and he does play an important role does he does yeah. anyone no he plays a a thing happens later with him. Something pivots. I don't know. I hated it. He's there the entire time, and he's, like, very over the top. His name is Andy. He's and very, he's like, beach, hey, beach boy. Oh, what's up? 
Asta manana. He's very. He says boy. all of these things. We're he's not sur- making any of we're, these up. We're not exaggerating. These are lines from the movie we're quoting. He's, he's very like, surfer boy, Callie. He's meh. Okay, so this is set in LA, I guess, because yes. they're like the music recording industry, and he's like, she's picking up coffee for the Mean Girl group. By the way, her life is not that bad. Like being no. an unpaid intern is terrible and should be illegal. But she's not being asked to do anything that would fall out of the realm of intern. Yeah, it's she not she like... has to get coffee. She has to make phone calls. She has to deal with this their is... bullying, which, again, not good, but... Mild. It's mild. mild. This is not the Devil Wears Prada. The, there's no Meryl Streep making her entire life a living hell. Like, these are just a couple of bored mean girls that are just like, get me yeah. a water and I want it to be strawberry. Okay, who cares? Fine, have their strawberry water. I guess if that makes you happy, if that gives some meaning to your pathetic life, go for it. Anyway, so we find out that her, uh, and we find out that she also her her uncle is really busy and he never has time for her. And she says, you know, oh, are you going to be home for dinner? And he's like, you don't have to make dinner, but you probably will anyways. So like, she she lives with him and she does all the chores, but it's clear that she does not have to. So same thing. Same thing with her being the, like, sensation pop group Slay, because her designated best friend is like, you don't have to do all of that. And she's like, yeah, I know. I just don't want to bother my uncle about it. And, you know, it's fine. So, like, she's just doing a normal job. And it's not that bad. And she also doesn't even have to do it. Yeah, and the comedy beats that they set up for her are that she is from Nashville, but they don't want to give her a southern accent. Well, I don't think she has one. She doesn't have, well, she doesn't play one, that's for damn sure. Um, They also make a lot of, maybe not a lot, but they make a couple of jokes about, sort of implying that she's chubby. She's not chubby. There's also a lot of jokes about the fact that Sensation, the girl group, is, like, always on a diet. And it's always like, oh, ha-ha, they're not drinking that because they're on a diet. Oh, they ate ate two M&Ms. Oh, no, just skip a couple of meals. It's very toxic. It's really gross because they're, like, both making fun of them for, like, diet culture, but also, like, kind of being like, oh, Ella's, like, not like other girls she's a she's a bigger girl like she's not she's She's not she's a normal sized human and she is the same size as the sensation girls they are maybe a size smaller than her they could they could share clothes i it was stupid i hated it do we think that uncle alan is the evil stepmother i know because he's equal parts evil stepmother and fairy godmother like he's just busy and also clearly grieving the loss of like her parents as much as she is. Which we'll talk about that later because uh, he gets referred to as Uncle Alan, but also as sort of dad. I think he was just like their partner, I think. Yeah, I, I think that that family must have had a triad poly relationship because later they mentioned that Alan was there at the birth of their daughter. And yeah. he's in all their memories. He's in all the flashbacks. There's so many flashbacks in this movie. So what we discover in the first scene after the Mean Girls are like, oh, her parents died. Isn't that funny? Is that she, like, keeps fantasizing about singing and is, like, daydreaming to the point where she's singing, like, in her, quote, sleep. 
and people notice like at work and like she zones out to the point that she's basically catatonic it's that that's a neural problem you should go to a neurologist if you're zoning out to the point that you are catatonic i don't care what happens next i hated this movie it was that good okay we're just gonna skip forward she does a lot of things that are just like regular parts of having a job in the like landscape that we live in dominated by capitalism and we just established that the mean girls are indeed mean girls and lots of not very creative ways and that her best friend is sassy we do get one very uncomfortable moment oh my god she describes her best friend kid as the closest thing to a human being here oh that's not the upsetting moment that's not the upsetting one that's the one that upset me i was going for the confucius moment oh okay so this the actress that plays her best friend is Asian and I'm I can't find her on Wikipedia. She's like not clickable, but she's a person of color and and definitely also of Asian descent. And she's Asian. They're like not comfortable with that. Like They're that is not. a little bit too much diversity for them. And they keep like at one point she delivers some good advice and uh, Elle says like thanks Confucius and Kim licks a finger holds it up and says i get my east wisdom from the east and our both both of our notes just said what no it was a it was a moment it was uncomfortable so we find out that teen pop heartthrob ty parker is (laughs) coming to that record label because he is tired of doing teeny bopper stuff because quote he's not a teeny bopper anymore this is is a baby with facial hair it's a baby oh god he's he's 22 when he films this but he looks like he's 12 he's he looks like everybody go google beagle puppy he looks like that i mean you can also just google sterling knight which is the man's actual name i mean i guess it's not his fault but the the line they're not t- i don't want to be a teeny bopper anymore like honey you gotta wait for a couple of years till puberty hits you there well he he's like my audience is getting older they're getting more sophisticated that's what i want to do i want to make real music i want to make sophisticated i want to do something soul. with soul he's the whitest child oh, oh god. my god alan sort of explains to him that you know hey you are good at doing what you do this is kind of a big risk financially also your fans might abandon you because you'll stop doing the music that they like to hear so and- they make this deal there's this up-and-coming new singer from england whose name is candy Kane, and she has like a viral blurry video and he's gonna do a duet with her and then once he does that he's gonna have carte blanche do whatever he wants and alan uncle alan will finance it yeah so we find out that Elle has a massive crush on ty to the point that kim asks her kit kit her name's not kim no it's kit no i've got her in all my notes is kim it's kit on wikipedia and also from having watched it it's kit my brain is deleting this as fast as i can letter by letter 
<laughs> okay, Kit then um, <laughs> asks her, hey, didn't you have like a Ty Parker themed birthday party? And Elle goes, 11. And Kit says, when you were 11? And Elle goes, no, I had 11 Ty Parker themed parties. Which is a great thread that doesn't actually pan out to her being weird about him. Nope, nope, does not. It, it, they try to plan that out and it doesn't work. Well, um, that would have that would have given her any kind of personality whatsoever. But it does not. This girl also pulls several muscles trying to emote through the duration of this film. So every time we say she was really upset or then she was sad. We're or, being very generous. We're being very generous. What happened is her face tried to move and she hurt herself so i have to say a line yes to say a line and it's my favorite line from the whole movie so during the meeting in which ty parker is talking to alan and he's like i want to make real music um i want to make like good music alan looks at like the records that presumably were made by Elle's parents and like kind of sighs and goes, good music doesn't keep an airplane in the sky. Oh God, it was so funny. And the thing is that could have been a reveal. That could have been something that they led and then revealed later, but they don't. They just tell you right away and then reveal it later several times. There's also- Doesn't know how to breathe. Every time a scene ends, there's not like any time for them to be silent. Like literally someone finishes a sentence, bam, transition. Okay, so when you said bam transition, that sounds like a hard cut. Talon, would you like to describe what actually happens when the trans transitions transition from one scene to another? Oh my god, they keep using like weird transition effects and it's like this like whole whoosh situation. It goes wiggly. I've got wiggle transitions. Just it's PowerPoints. It's the really it's the back of the book PowerPoint transitions that you would do the first time you made a PowerPoint and your teacher would go you need to not use those transitions. Those are unprofessional. Those look stupid. It's those. It's those. It doesn't quite get to the way of like the star transition where the whole thing spirals and like a whole new page comes in, but it's almost that. It doesn't ever swirl in a circle like those old timey newspaper things. But only just barely. But just barely. Only just. It does. The, the amount of wiggling in the transitions is was There's upsetting. full on wavy lines. Just Big going wavy across lines the across the screen. Didn't like it. Also, by the way, listeners, the reason we're having a hard time doing this in chronological order is that we keep getting voiceovers 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, of Elle being like, so this is my life. Like, we, we know. We've been watching it. This is my best friend, Kim. We know. you. <laughs> I'm calling her Kay. This is my best friend, Kay. You should call her by her real name. Her name is Kit. I apologize. Okay, so the group sensation has nothing to do because they're actually like not very good. They're not very good. So what they do is they come bother Elle in like transparent ways. I think that the main sensation girl is flirting because there's no reason to come up to an intern's desk that often unless you're like personally invested in her paying attention to you. That's just well, my theory. I like that as a headcanon. That makes this story much better their sensation is going to record their new album their new single they invite her to come be part of it this is obviously a trap 
And she's but like, she, oh my God, really? But she doesn't see it because she's such a dum-dum. Her voice, by the way, is a very sweet voice and it's kind of a mid-accent, I guess. But it's the intonation that you use when you want to sound vapid. It's just, yeah, no, yeah, really? Just evapid. It sounds vapid. So she's a dum-dum, so you just have a hard time empathizing with her. The questionable direction decision that they took also is that half the time she's being really snarky and half the time she's being really naive. So sometimes when sensation is being mean to her, she's like under her breath being like, well, I hope you choke on a sequin. And And then sometimes, yes. And then sometimes they're like, hey, come record with us. We want you to be in the studio with us. And she's like, oh my God. Oh my God, really? Like, no, obviously not. And then her best friend actively tells her, this is really fishy and she's like no i think this is my moment i think they're turning over a new leaf no so she gets to the studio they want her to carry them waters at very specific intervals and bring them face cloths to mop their sweaty brows she acts like the completely clean face cloths that she has been given literally they're folded they just unfold them to hand them to her she holds them at the very tips of her fingers as though she's holding a, a a newly dirty diaper it's very over the top and she's acting like this is so demeaning but this is like a job this is a job actual people have yeah it's and fun. like they're and, being yes. rude but this is like she's an intern at and a record label label and like, you're not getting think. paid which again capitalism is evil and this is immoral but you're also not being asked to clean toilets with your hands and you're not being asked to do any dangerous work or even any physical work it was a weird push to keep pushing how bad this was so they record they leave she has a montage of trying on clothes yeah they're like oh we need to get our outfits fitted for wardrobe for our next music video they would fit you now but they need to be taken in for us so yeah. that's like a, a, a way Weird. for them to tell us that all of the clothes magically fit her because she's, she's normal sized. Because they're normal sized clothes for Doing quotes, very air quotes, average sized humans of that age. So she has a montage of trying on stuff. It's dumb. She ends on this dress that doesn't fit her properly. It's not that it's too small or anything. It's just that the boob space doesn't hold her boobs and it made me mad because it's not that hard to get a dress that fits your cleavage love a montage i love a montage and this was a boring montage agreed she just like finds this white sparkly dress that has a lot of so boring and it's very boring and it doesn't it doesn't really flatter her. It's not a hideous dress, but it doesn't flatter her. It doesn't really fit her properly. It's just a prom dress. It's literally it's, just a prom dress. It's just a prom dress, and it's not a great prom dress at that. She goes into the studio and starts to sing. We, we missed a flashback, by the way. Uh, she's talking with her Uncle Alan at dinner one night about something, and he flashes back to her singing this song, which is the first, but not the last time we get this song, which starts... I wish I was a princess. And it just goes like that forever. So we get a flashback to that during dinner. We get another flashback to that immediately afterwards. And then she That's sings- also the song that she records. Okay, this is yeah. so mean. But in the flashback, there's like a little girl playing her. 
as a small child. This is not the same actress. That little girl can't sing. Not at all. And like, I say this as a person that can't sing. That little girl can't sing. No, cannot sing. It's unpleasant. And so I was like, okay, cool. This is a, this is a, a child who is learning to play guitar and learning to sing. Maybe this will be I wasn't expecting that to be the song that came up. I was expecting it to be a different song so we could learn how much she had grown as a songwriter and as a performer. But no, she sings that song and we get the whole thing, all four verses. And Ty Parker shows up in the middle of it, just sits and listens to her and is just swooning. He's never heard somebody with an acoustic guitar before because... I, I can't stress enough how middle of the road the song is. It is your average crossover pop country hit where it's just a girl with a guitar and she's singing about how much she loves her parents. That's the yep. song. Yep. She's like, and she's, she's got sort of medium blonde curly hair and she's taken a makeup brush with no makeup on it and just randomly brushed it over her face. And don't forget, she took off her glasses. And she took off her glasses. So what we have essentially is a very poor... Taylor Swift or like early Taylor Swift knockoff that's that's definitely the vibe I got like white dress acoustic guitar blonde curls singing about stuff but like really badly okay and this is what we have instead of a ball like in the structure of a Cinderella story this is this, her this is the ball dressed up to go to the ball and he meets her and the song is the shoe because he's like wow what a beautiful song what a beautiful girl I'm so mesmerized and, and then they have, you know, spoiler, but at the end, what he has is the song, and that's how he finds her later. But this moment, this boring, dumb moment of her recording in the booth and him being like, wow, this is good, this and her being ball. like, oh, I didn't know you were there. That's, that's what the ball. we had instead of a big ball with a well, big disguise yeah. and a fairy godmother. Oh, it's so much worse than that, because that is at least a setting that could be potentially romantic because you're all alone and you could have a conversation and sing together but then they go on a romantic walk down the street to where he shot his first music video and to a hot dog cart okay so what happens is he assumes that this is candy cane the british viral singer that he's supposed to like meet and do a song with and she, in her confusion, just sort of agrees and puts on a very bad British accent. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It is. In her defense, she does try a couple of times to cut him off and say, no, no, that's not, I'm not. But he just talks over her. He talks over her so much and then goes, you don't talk much, do you? No. No, you literally won't shut up. One. You have not shut up for a single frame that you've been on screen. I hate you. Shut up. So he buys her a hot dog. And they have conversation. It's the worst. It is so not romantic. It was awful. It was that They have zero chemistry. They have no chemistry. She says random dumb things in a terrible British accent. And he responds as though they are deep profundities. She like lists things that she thinks she knows about England. And she's like, oh, Big Ben, what not. Uh, Indeed. Buckingham uh, Palace. Tower of oh, London. You must visit. And then, oh. he's, and then he's like, oh, the fries are so good. And she's like, oh, these fries are good. And he goes, don't you mean chips? And she's like, what? And he's like, chips. Don't you call them chips? And she's like, yes, sometimes, but not other times. Because we're two countries separated by a common language. And he goes, you're so smart. And she goes, what? <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. This is literally what happened. Word for word. I hated it so much. So they they're walking 
romantically uh, hurts to say my teeth hurt now okay so he's like can we go for a walk and she's like i don't think i'm really dressed for it because she's still wearing the big white ball gown and he's like oh come on let's go for a walk and then it phases like forward it transitions to them walking and you see them laughing to each other silently they literally couldn't think of two more things that these people could say to each other because it kept doing it like a montage like we were supposed to be like looking back at like oh look what a good time they had except it's happening right now and they literally just didn't film it with audio for us oh also he's really into left-handed compliments so he's continually saying things to her like I'm surprised you're so cool. I didn't think you'd be anything like this. Well, apparently Candy Cane has, like, a reputation. reputation. Yes. Anyways. Which he knows, but he doesn't, he didn't care enough to, like, look up a video of who she is. Or or know Or learn anything about her, because, spoiler, Candy Cane is a black girl. Yes. They're not, they don't look like Even remotely, there's nothing you would be hard-pressed to find two people who look less alike. So uh, her uncle texts her she has to go home. Oh, that's the, that's the midnight thing. That's the midnight thing. Her uncle texts her she has to go home. Which, He's like, it's midnight. Where are where you? Are you? Which, for a teenager, that's a really good, hey, it's midnight. Where are you? That's a good reason to go, oh, dykes, I have to go home right now. That's, that's I think, the most compelling, hey, it's midnight reason that we've gotten so far. I mean, she's like 18. She was auditioning to go to Berkeley. I mean, if they live in LA, you probably shouldn't wander around LA at midnight with a strange person that you've never met when your only guardian has no idea where you are. I just... I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying a text that says, hey, it's midnight, does not have the same, like, weight as a fairy godmother being like, by the way, if you stay out past midnight you will turn back into rags and all of your magical paraphernalia will turn into whatever it was. And then the clock chimes and it's all dramatic. Where is the drama? They forgot the drama and then tried to include it all in the last 15 minutes. Someone told them, hey, you left out the drama and they frantically tried to add a whole nother plot in. So movie making. Okay, so... Ty Parker, the child singer dreamboat, he comes in to talk to Uncle Alan, and he's like, hey, is it a bad time? And Uncle Alan's like, I can't remember the last good time. No one addresses that. Ty's like, I met Candy Cane. She's great. I'm ready to sign the label. And everything is, like, moving forward. Okay, but we then find out that what, that how Elle recorded her song, she accidentally recorded over their new single. The Sensations, new, Sensations single. new single. Yeah, so she's deleted that. Evidently, they just left it there to be recorded over. That doesn't, it does, it's so dumb. Doesn't matter. So, um, it, it honestly is not like a, a major plot point, even though it starts to look like it might be, because there's like a police officer there. Then, yeah. And they're interviewing people, and they're like, someone broke in. Somebody recorded over the album. We can't get this it back. Is, yeah, no, it doesn't come up. Doesn't again. go, but doesn't go anywhere. So Ty has a meeting set up with Candy Cane, the real Candy, Cane. the real Candy Cane, and who's had- played by a Cheetah Girl. If you're a Cheetah Girls fan, she's played by Aqua, um, doing a frankly not great British accent. Not a great British accent, which you wind up being able to forgive at the very end. Not great, 
accent. Uh, so she shows up. She's terrible. She's very, let me rephrase, the movie would like you to think that she's terrible. She's, I liked her. I liked her too. <laughs> so she's bossy and she's kind of She's over hun- the top. She keeps calling him darling. Darling. She's, she's a sort of sexually aggressive. She in tells a very, him to eat up because he's going to need his strength. And, and then, then she, like, Burr pals at it, like growls like, at him. Oh, it was, it was so funny. <laughs> she's so, doing her best Eartha kid, despite the fact that she's the same age as him. I'm into it. I think it's working. She I think she does a much better job having a creative persona and at least a personality. Ty flees is the only word I can say. He just bolts. He does a very good job of like not visibly freaking out over the fact that he's meeting a completely different person that he thought he was because when she's like i'm candy cane he goes oh okay yes i'm meeting you and he has the meeting and he's on his phone the whole time and he eventually is like i've got to go but he manages to do the whole thing while processing in his head that somebody lied to him without being like i don't understand what's going on quicker on the uptake than I was expecting and it was a really low bar but he cleared it he did he did he managed to step over that so he goes Ty goes back to the recording studio and L meanwhile every time he shows up hides under a desk or puts her face in a giant hat silly things so he comes in and he says hey I'm looking for this girl I want to know who she is does anybody know and nobody knows anything except for Kit who tries to get Elle to come out, but Elle refuses, and there's some awkward comedy Elle is moments. hiding under Kit's desk, and every time Kit is saying anything even remotely close to letting slip that she knows that Elle is the mystery girl, she just kind of, like, punches her in the leg. And then Kit winds up having to go, I think that's a great idea. Just, it's stupid. It's Nothing good. comes of it. So then he goes to speak with Uncle Alan, and he's like, I don't want to record with the real candy cane. I want to record with the fake candy cane that I met. Oh. And Uncle Ellen is like, okay, well, we don't know who that is. And also, you signed a contract. And he goes, you asked me to make magic, and now you're taking my hat away. It's so good. <laughs> you asked me to make magic, and now you're taking away my hat. And I, I'm sorry, is, is Elle the hat? Is that, am I supposed to think that's romantic? I have no idea. It's so funny. And it's Uncle so Alan stupid. is like, okay, well, Candy will sue us if you don't record with her like you said. And so Ty just, Parker is like, I'm finding this girl. I'm not letting some stupid lawsuit get in my way. Yeah. So then, okay, so then we have the radio interview. This radio interview is so dumb. So he goes, Ty Parker, he wanted to call him Sterling Knight because that's an even sillier name. Than Prince his- Puppy. I have him as Prince Puppy all through my notes. So he goes on to this radio station and it's this other actor from the Disney Channel who I've seen before, but like don't recognize from anything in particular. And he's like this DJ and he's like, so what's going on? And... He's like, I met this girl. I really want to find her. I want to search for her on the radio because I know the song that she sings. So I'm going to sing the first part and whoever calls in with the next part, you know, that's how I know it's going to be my girl. 
And then they have a bunch of callers calling in, but they don't show us any of that. We don't get to hear people like trying to finish the song. Yep. We just see the DJ like emoting like, oh no, that's dumb. Oh no, that's bad. No, it's, it's not rap. We're looking for a song. Yeah, that part was a little bit funny, but I was, because he did a good job reacting to what were obviously terrible call-ins. However, why wouldn't they play those for us? I have no idea. Also, you missed the most important part of that. There are approximately 17 cuts in that conversation that cut, that have flash cuts. So fade cut, bright light fade back in on the other person as they start to speak immediately afterwards. So, hi, what are you doing here? Cut open on Ty. Ty, I met this wonderful girl last night. Cut. Open on the DJ. You met a girl? What's so special about her? Cut. Ty, she sang the song. Was mo- it, it hurt. It hurt so much. In my notes, I have the word swish, swish, like multiple <laughs> times between every other line that I wrote. That's- so that's what that is. We then get a random scene of Elle, and she has picked up the phone and then put it back down. So we know she heard and thought about calling in, but didn't for reasons, I guess. Yeah, and then if this was going to be structured like a real Cinderella story, that would be how he finds her. But, but it's, it's not. not, because I don't know what we're doing anymore. This is, I, I don't think this is a Cinderella I mean, this is not a Cinderella, and we can talk about this later. Yeah. Because what I want to talk about now is that the main sensation girl is, like, snooping around, just being a mean girl, and she comes across Elle's laptop, on which the desktop is labeled Elle's laptop. Elle's laptop. Which is a common thing in this universe, because we see it again with a different character. Yeah. And she, like, goes onto her laptop. She doesn't have to sign in. She just goes on it. it and there's one folder on it, and it says L song, and she clicks on it, and yeah. L song is there. She does not click on it. She types approximately a postdoctoral dissertation, and then we show the song start to play. So I don't know what she was doing, but it absolutely was not a point and click, because there was oh a lot God. of tippy tap sounds. I'm just oh saying. My God. So she hears the song, and she goes, oh, that's the song that was... Uh, recorded over our single and immediately throws a hissy fit and goes running to Candy with the rest of her little brat friends. With the sensation nuts. Yes. So they develop like a plan with the real Candy Cane to just like be mean together. And we don't get the plan outlined at this point but they're just sort of like oh you're mean? I'm mean. I'm mean too. And so this is, this was when I started to really love Candy, although she is definitely one of the main villains of this movie. Her reaction to the sensations is very real. Her reaction is, why are you guys making weird poses? Did you just enter a room in a pose? Did you just say sensations out? What is wrong with you? Which she does not give voice to, but her facial responses are very broadly played. And she can emote because she's not a bad actress. Yeah, and she's genuinely like she's genuinely, her job. And I yeah. enjoy it every time she does something over the top. Oh, and great. she's basically like when she, they tell her what's up and they explain that it's their intern who can't who's bad at her job that does it. She's like, Oh, good help is so hard to find these days. And then she's like, Oh, I would love to help you. And they're like, it's gonna be a little underhanded. 
and she's like, underhanded is what I do best. It's it's strong Disney villain energy, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yes, I enjoyed it extremely. Okay, so one of the subplots is that the best friend Kit is into the coffee guy named Andy who showed up at the beginning and was annoying. And they're so, both into each other, but neither of them will tell the other person. Yeah, That's and just so the we plot. get... That's just why. It's just, we're it just, just informed. Is. Yeah. And we get a little back and forth between Kit and Elle about how she's, like, obviously into him and she should go talk to him. So she runs in, Kit runs into the coffee shop and basically drags Andy and is like, hey, coffee monkey, which is a weird, weird thing to call somebody. Weird thing to call somebody. I didn't like it. I also He's didn't like, like, I it. need to confide in you. Can you be trusted? And she tells him everything. And then he goes, why are you telling me this? And she goes, well, I just had to share it with somebody and I didn't know how else to talk to you. Yes. So she's all swooped up in this best friend drama but is also like still into this guy and she's like i need a sidekick do you like want to be my sidekick basically this is it's me you... putting words in her mouth but yes. he's like well i'm at work right now and she's like are you coming and he's like okay i'm coming no that's later this is um this is when they just meet and he's like wait is there an us and she's like did you want there to be an us and he's like i would like there to be an us and they're like okay it was so stupid Okay, but so they the have more chemistry. Is, they have more chemistry with each other than Prince and Prince Puppy. They just okay. They, do. they don't have any chemistry with each other, which is still more than negative chemistry. So I'm I'm with you on that. Okay, okay, that's fine. They're not actively repelling each other away. So we find out that Andy went to high school with Ty or something. That was the point of that conversation. Which and, is weird because they have the same hair, and like, and why do I they have the same hair? It's so weird. It's I, it's Justin Bieber hair from then um early, early justin bieber hair it's 2010 swishy hair yeah it's 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 bad it was an unfortunate look i'm glad we oh moved past i was it as always a society. into that look my oh, gross. Oh, okay gross my husband no i'm married to at the time rocked that look he had no, the swishy bangs i remember we all um, went to high school together by the way podcast listeners and i was into it and i stand by it mm. Swishy bangs is where it's at. No. Anyways, so what's happening is they're gonna have this big party at Uncle Ellen's house for Uncle. Candy Cane. Yeah, her like welcome to America party. And this is not the ball scene, by the way. No, no, it's not. This is the trying on the shoe scene. Is it? Is yeah. it? <laughs> We're both just trying to figure out how to explain what okay. happens next. So they're having this party, and the music in the background is like cool people music and they go LA 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 people we just want to party yeah and then they go New York New York New York New York I, people we just want to party and they do it with Miami and it's got like this heavy thudding beat I am um, amazed that you picked that up because oh I, I wrote it down because I have it's so terrible I want to tell you that my head right now is like what is what is Talon talking about I have no memory of this music okay. whatsoever I've deleted it from my head the reason, the reason that I was so focused on it is because the plan that Elle and her friend Kit and Andy came up with is that Elle is going to show up to this party. That's at her house. It's at her house where she lives. So she was probably invited anyway in like a nice dress, which is fine. It's like a regular dress. Yeah, and it's a dress. she's going to pick up a guitar and she's going to play the song. So there's like this thumping music and it's a party 
and she just picks up a guitar and starts singing an acoustic song that starts with i want to be a princess the fairest oh, all around she sings the she sings the princess song again this is like the fourth time we've heard the this is the song. fourth time that we get the princess song it by the way continues um and if you leave my kingdom you're never really gone yeah i refused to listen to or write down any of the words other than i want to be a princess so so she's saying this at this party okay wait hang on hang on i need to back up for just a second so when kit and l are on screen explaining the plot to one another so that we can hear it l is literally back to back with ty she is six inches from his back they're all on screen together the three oh. of them and less than five feet away is the entire sensation group. Listening to the whole thing as well. Kit could literally just push Elle. She would stumble back, hit Ty. He would turn around and see her and would recognize her because she was not in any way disguised. So. No, she goes the, she goes the guitar route, which is kind of like Cinderella fitting in the shoe, I guess. Yeah. If so, the she, so she picks the up the guitar and then we cut upstairs and Candy Cane is dressed in a Halloween costume and has it's broken. It's good. I like it. it. It was a good Halloween costume. It's very gothy. It's very, it had a green one shoulder, one sleeve black dress with like green frills on it. It was, it was very 2004. Um, <laughs> and this movie is from 2010. So. Yeah. So just saying. Um, so she's looking for embarrassing or incriminating things in Elle's room. And what she finds is a box labeled Ty Parker. And it's all of the memorabilia and stuff that she had from her, as we previously mentioned, 11 Ty Parker themed parties. Genuinely embarrassing. Genuinely embarrassing. Genuinely the most embarrassing thing a person could find in your Genuinely room. Genuinely quite embarrassing. We cut back down. Elle sings an uncomfortable amount of the song, more than I would like, more than a single line. Oh she yeah, sings. all of the songs in this movie go on for like the entire song. Oh yeah, several verses. Several never verses. Cut it. No, never just like first couple of lines and montage ending note nope we get a couple of verses and a couple of choruses every single time i mean this is a star vehicle for someone who has zero star power yeah. is what's happening yeah so she stops because we start to hear screaming cackling from upstairs i also wrote down the word cackling yeah i mean it's cackling that's that's what that word describes she puts the guitar down and goes upstairs there's now several people in her room uh, shrieking and laughing because Candy has arranged her memorabilia stuff into a shrine to Ty Parker. To Ty Parker. She lit all the candles. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Well, she, she had the candles to begin with. Yeah, so it's, it is genuinely embarrassing. So Elle comes in, sees it, starts to cry, leaves. Ty comes in, and in a good moment, his immediate response is, that's so mean. That's such a horrible thing. Why would you do that? And goes to find her. She's, yeah, so Candy Cane is like... She's nobody. No, Why she's would, nobody. She's nothing. Why she's would you... nothing, and he runs off to go find Elle by the pool. And Elle just unloads on him with zero context. If it wasn't for my singing, my parents would still be alive. My singing killed my parents. To which he responds, No, that's not how airplanes work. Which he doesn't know. He also knows that she's L now. Yeah. Because so he, presumably somebody told him off screen. Yeah, so he's not mad that 
he's not mad about anything. He's just really happy there. He gives her like an okay pep talk, but it's not a pep talk that he as a character could give because it has information that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So he, he also pep- gives her his jacket, which he did have to get. He did. He gives her a jacket. There's no indication that it is cold in any way. Because um, it's L.A. Because it's L.A. But he gives her his jacket. And the whole thing ends with him being like, so do you want to go to Berkeley or not? It's up to you to make it happen. Which, again, how does he know? Also, he says, well, she does mention that it was her audition for Berkeley. That yeah, but how does he know this is a whole thing? I, I don't know. No I, one knows. No one knows. Also, we get a lot of flashbacks. Uh, in all the flashbacks, Uncle Alan is wearing a smock. It's the worst shirt I've ever seen. It, it Every has, time he's wearing a different shirt, it's the worst shirt I've ever it's seen. It's the same style. It's got this pleating over the shoulder areas, and it looks like a very nice muumuu. It's just weird, because it doesn't match his, like, vibe at all when he's, like, being no, Uncle Alan. No, because Uncle Alan is guy. well-dressed, business, business casual, so no tie, but button-down shirt, a sports jacket. He has... Uh, short, dark hair. He's in his um, he's early handsome. 40s, mid-40s. He is so handsome. He's very handsome. Yeah. I, and he's, he's not a baby. He is not a baby. He is. He is tasty. But anyway. <laughs> anyways. Um, so anyways, uh, Ty at one point says to her during this pep talk about the song, it's perfect and it's you. And my notes, I wrote, one of those things is true. Oh. And okay, so they, they leave have a, together. Yeah, they, they leave, leave together get, after this moment. And then Candy Kane walks out from the bushes, walks onto the scene, strikes a pose with her strong, hands on her pit. Strong yes. flounce. She strong flounces onto the screen. There's like a lot of like shoulder movement as she walks. It, mm-hmm, yes, she does a big head toss and says, I don't know, something. Something villainous. Something. I didn't even write it down. I spent the entire time writing down ugh and like over and over again. It's a stick. It's a, no, no, make it stop. So Ella's helping Uncle Alan clean up the party and he talks about how much he admires her parents um, and how he was there at her birth, which is when Talon and I decided that that must have been a poly couple because there's no reason to have your best friend present at the birth of your first child. It's a strong choice. It's a strong choice. And he talks about how her parents always wanted to, the music was always more important than the money, and he remembers that now. And he's the one who tells her that the song is perfect and that it's her. And I was like, how would you describe this next bit? Talon, we get this montage of like scenes of Elle and Ty Parker working on music together, but there's like this song happening like over top the whole thing, and it's not the song that they're singing. No, it's no, it's just the song that's happening, and it's the worst song in the world. It just sounds like a pop boy band from the early two thousands, and it's, it's like, "Girl, you gave me the courage to love." Uh huh. And it's also filmed with one of those old vignette um, filters vignette filters so it looks like a weird home video montage and it's them playing music and them throwing paper at each other and i think it's supposed to be a cute love interest montage but it is not because i cannot stress enough how much negative chemistry these characters have with one another the reason that it's a montage instead of an actual scene of them interacting is that they couldn't write a scene with them no. interacting that we would believe. So they just like slapped some music on it, 
which is exactly what they did when they were taking their walk, is that they just showed us a montage of them laughing while music played. Yeah. So, dear listener, at this point, we have reached the end of what could even charitably be called a Cinderella story. There's still 30 minutes left in this movie, so... At, at which this, point we start getting worried. Yeah, so we were genuinely concerned at this point because this is the end. He's met her, he's found her again, he's unmasked her, they're happy together. We're we're done. That's the end of the Cinderella story. But no. 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 We have a villain. We've decided to There's put an extra villain. An extra villain in. Which is Candy Cane. Yeah, and so so she shows up with her lawyer to Alan's office and is screeching about suing everybody. Contract contracts and stuff and candy pulls um ty over into a corner and blackmails him and says we'll sue you and your little girlfriend won't have anything so here's what we're gonna do you're gonna film you're gonna sing the stupid duet with me we're gonna pretend to date for publicity reasons which means you have to break up with your girlfriend and then when we're done you can date her whatever i don't care and that's very convincing i suppose I mean, did you have anything else works. to add to that scene? I just nothing. No. So he breaks up with her off, slightly off screen. It's it's outside of a window, so we get. Yeah. The camera's we, actually focusing on Andy and Kit, um, who says, "I should do this for a living," and the question is like, "What metal?" What? He goes, "No assist." So yeah. that's the best friend's goal in life, life. is to be the assistant. Yeah, it's kind of upsetting. So we watch the breakup happen through a door so we don't have to have any uh, audio. We just get the visual body language of someone a being trend. upset. A trend. And at this point, I, I have in my notes for the millionth time, she's going to hurt herself trying to emote because she comes back in clearly trying to be visibly upset and then leaves. Yeah. And then we get like this weird scene with sensation uh, the main girl from Sensation, who I also call Sensation, where she's, like, telling Candy Cane uh, to stick to the plan or I'll tell your little secret, oh, which yeah, is the yeah, first yeah. time we hear that there's a secret. Yeah, so and we hear this because Kit and Andy have come up with a plan that they don't tell us. Yeah. So Candy comes to her hotel. Kit and Andy are hiding in the corner. She asks if there are any messages for Brenda Smirkle. And is How told, embarrassing. And is told that her mom called. So we know that she goes up to her room. Kit and Andy then... Slapstick their way up to her room. They scooby-doo their way up to her room with the heads poke out and then the head pokes out above that head over the corner and they creep down and they startle each other and someone yells because they're startled by the person who's literally right in front of them in a hallway with lights on it's scooby-doo it's scooby-doo and it was the only time in this movie i was happy they managed to smack into each other somehow despite both walking in the same direction they still like face each other and walk into each other also want to be clear this is a lighted hallway it's not an underground passage where you can get turned around it's a lighted hallway and they're walking forwards and they managed to surprise each other and sneak up on each other in the same physical space multiple times. It was really great Scooby-Doo. It was great. So So Andy knocks on Candy Cane's door and he's like supposedly bringing her treats. Uh, Kid gives him like a big kiss to like fortify his courage. And he's like, I'm in this. I'm ready. He knocks. He's like, we got sweets for you from the coffee shop. 
courtesy of the record label. And she, like, while she's distracted with him, Kit sneaks in and, like, hides in her closet, at which point she's able to see her laptop, which, which says is- the name Brenda Sparkle on it. Yep. Everybody's laptop desktop background is their name yep. and the word laptop. In the same font, by the way. It's the same kind of cartoonish purple font. Uh, I, I don't know if we... Did we not have extra fonts in 2010? I don't remember that long ago. I mean... There were more fonts than that, though. There were, there were multiple I would fonts. Have, it would have been much more believable if their background was like that weird multi-dimensional yes. labyrinth thing oh i missed that so andy tries to get a tip and candy is just like i have no idea what you're talking about i'm european i don't tip and shuts the door on him and then calls her mom and says in a distinctly not british accent hey mama and proceeds to talk with her and yes. hey ma it's me brenda but it's like supposed to be a surprise and jarring and it kind of is because it, kind of I is. Assumed, I, it caught me off it caught me off guard i assumed her terrible fake british accent was just the best she could do but it might have been an in-universe terrible fake british yeah, accent on purpose because in in universe she is not british she's from i don't know somewhere um somewhere with a cow they talk about having a cow so kit gets out her phone and takes some pictures of brenda's computer which just, has her name again which has her name on it and then records candy does that awesome thing that villains do where they explain their entire plan yeah no one suspects that i'm faking being british in order to become Mm -hmm. popular and that little girl and i i blackmailed him into dumping her so that's why he did that so that won't be a problem anymore and so kit films this whole thing on her phone and then comes out of the closet grabs candy brenda by the arm and just hauls her back down to Alan's office, which was pretty funny actually. And we get like a smash cut and it works. And like we don't see any of the actual conversation happen. But basically the next scene is like Uncle Alan laying down the law and is like, it's a felony to pretend to be British. I guess. I guess. And also it's fraud. It's fraudulent and therefore it's a felony. It was I I don't think any of those things are true. I mean you can perpetrate a fraud, but I don't I think Candy Cane would have to exist. I don't think... I guess I mean, because she signed with a name that wasn't her actual name. You're allowed to do that. Fl- didn't they pay you're, to fly her over? How did that allowed, work? You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to have... a su- Lady Gaga's name is not Lady Gaga. I just want to be very clear. Like, you can have a name that is not your name that you record under. It's just... That was stupid. It was stupid and stupid, and I didn't like it, and it was stupid. Anyways, uh, so at that point we realize that Elle is nowhere to be found and no one knows where she is, at which point everyone goes, oh my god, the audition for Berkeley, and flees the scene. Okay, and then we get this, like, rock girl who's, like, emoting and is playing good music. It was fire. And I'm like, why is this our Cinderella? Who is this girl? Who is this, and can we get her Cinderella story, please? I want to know what's up with her. And then all the judges at Berkeley are like, yes, thank you very much. And thank the slap you. monotone. Very bored voice. Very, thank you for performing. Yeah. And she looks kind of like dejected and she gets off stage. And then we get Elle coming on stage and, you know, she's got her little guitar and she's going to sing her song about following your dreams. 
And they're like, okay, go for it. And she starts and falters, starts again, falters. And she goes, I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. Can I start again? And they're kind of snarky about it. And they're like, well, are you ready now? Yeah. And then from off screen, Ty goes, she was born ready, sir. Oh my God. And then he gets up on the stage and he's like, I just want to tell you I'm here for you. you? And I and always I'll, will be. And I'll explain everything I'm later. I'm so proud of you. And, I'm so proud of you. And the judges are watching. I don't know if anybody knows this, but you don't get to just hang out on stage in front of judges at an audition while your significant other gives you a pep talk. That's not and how that Uncle goes. Alan shows up in a terrible shirt and gives another smock. Thumbs up. Another smock. So she goes to sing she goes i'm ready now and both our notes go please be a different song please be a different song please. and it is a different song it is she a different song sing the, the princess song she, she sings do- about it's a, it's called fairy tale it's called fairy tale and it's about following your dreams and the song is okay it didn't hurt to listen to it's fine it was fine the judges are dancing in their chairs like they're at a queen concert they're jamming they're They're full on like they're grinning they're so into it and then the song ends also uh ty is her backup guitarist Yeah, i'm not convinced he knows how to play guitar but there's a scene in which they play guitar at each other and i guess it's supposed to be a moment but it's just but it's not and his face is completely devoid of emotion the entire time so i have to think that she introduces the song as something that she wrote and i hope this was their duet because she has two backup guitarists and a drummer so hopefully this is a song that they've practiced before because otherwise they just well, randomly they have that know. montage that we didn't hear any of so. yeah so i'm hoping that that was that song i'm hoping that that was that song possibly they wrote this garbage together maybe that would explain why it was less awful so then her song ends and the judges sit and look very judgy and somber which is weird because we just saw them dancing in their chairs okay so then the judges all stand up for a standing ovation and they're like welcome to berkeley that's not how auditions work that's not it's auditions for a scholarship it's not for that's not how anything works. you have to apply like your grades matter I literally wrote down, that's not how any of this works, with five question marks. Yeah. And then they kiss on the stage, still in front of the judges. And it's a cute enough kiss. It's well enough shot. But again, there's no chemistry with these characters, so it was gross. I didn't like it. And now we get another voiceover that goes, see, that's me, Elle Daniels. And maybe there is such a thing as fairy tales, because we all lived happily ever after. And then we get a Breakfast Club close where we tell what happens with everybody next. We oh, missed a funny I moment. Think of that, I think of that as the Legally Blonde clothes. The Legally Blonde clothes? Yeah. We get that clothes. Uh, we, we, we didn't tell you about a funny moment. Uh, the Sensation girls also get fired from the station, and Kit rips the wig off the main one, because it turns out that her luscious red hair was a rig. wear a wig. Yeah, it's embarrassing, I guess. I didn't. Okay, so oh. Elle graduates with honors and becomes the number one female recording artist, specifically at her uncle's record label. Which so we now know that. doesn't have anybody else because they fired Sensation. Um, apparently, Ty does an acoustic record and it goes like platinum. Triple platinum. Triple platinum. Who cares? Um, uh, the main know. mean girl becomes a wig model and the other two girls become wardrobe people for Lady Gaga. 
which sounds amazing right like how is that a bad thing that's a that i mean if you're in the music industry and that's what you want to do that would seem like a good gig that sounds like a blast instead of being like lackeys so talent what does candy do okay so candy cane goes to australia (laughs) to pose as a japanese pop star which like more power to her if iggy azalea can rap in america I just, like, she can be anyone she wants. I don't even care. It's, I loved it. It was great. Um, Kit and Andy make, okay, so Kit appears in my notes as Kit now. She's been Kim for the entirety. She appears as Kit for this one last sentence. Uh, Kit and Andy make a, start their own business of being private investigators. They're dating slash private investigator services. So they're matchmaking and private investigators. I've, I've just got Scooby-Doo in my notes. This is just Mystery Inc. This is how it starts. Mystery um, would be a really cute name for that. Yeah. And we find out that the record label is doing great, but Alan still doesn't have time for a girlfriend. Because which... he's still mourning the loss of his two partners. They died like six months ago, man. But the look he gives the camera is kind of sultry. It seemed more like a... So he's By the still way, available still, for you. Still single. Just want to make very clear, like when you're talking with someone and they manage to work into the first three sentences to you that they've just gotten divorced, and you're like, oh, so you're, you want to make sure that I know that you're single. That's what I happening. love. How you got a flirty vibe, and I got a grieving widower vibe, <laughs> and Dude, we're both like, I'm into it. Alan was so hot. <laughs> he was such a silver fox. So that's that's how the movie blessedly ends. Oh, thank goodness. I just... Oh, God. That was terrible. It couldn't have happened... No, I was gonna say it couldn't have happened soon enough, but, like, it took so long. It took forever. It was, like, a full-length movie. It was over an hour and a half long, and it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been. It should... Well, one, it should have stopped when the Cinderella part ended. And even if it had stopped when the Cinderella part ended, the pacing would have been awful, because we kept getting exposition dumps halfway through the movie. It was weird. Okay, on Wikipedia, it also claims that it's a teen musical comedy drama. Where was the comedy? I think they kept, it was the, we didn't say your name right again. Oh. And Kit was genuinely kind of funny. Kit, Kit was funny. Kit had all of the charisma that our Cinderella didn't have. Kit has played. I wanted Kit to be the Cinderella. Kit is wanted... played by Juliet Hangley who doesn't have a wikipedia article she was adorable she did a great job acting she was lovely i enjoyed most of her performances the performances of hers that i did not enjoy were sort of not her fault like this is an incredibly stupid scene or it's terribly written or it's completely out of character but in general she was a hoot so i mean she had garbage lines to work with she had garbage and she sold them she did and she She was adorable and she was just like the best friend to a very boring white girl. All right, so Talon, highs and lows. Oh my god, I have to pick a high for this? You can pick a low first while you're thinking. Okay, my low. I'm gonna need a moment. Can you go first? What are your highs and lows? Sure. Off the top of my head, my low is their chemistry. Oh god. I've never seen negative chemistry in an on-screen love interest pair. So sometimes romantic comedies have that thing where the love interests do not like each other at first, and that bantery, I don't like you energy 
is there, but that's not negative energy. That's that's building energy. This had that's negative energy. It's it's charged. This had nothing. It was negative. I hated it. It was definitely my low. Highs. Am I allowed to say the end? Like the part where it stopped. The part where we stopped. And watching? you were done. And when we were done. Is yeah. Because for a moment I was worried you enjoyed the ending where it told us what everybody no, was doing. No, like doing. The, part where, the part where we stopped watching it. Okay. That would, if I had to pick a high that was in the actual movie, I'd say Kit. Kit was a hoot. Or, or Alan, because he was dreamy. Okay. Kit, Kit was best because she was actually really funny. I liked her. Kit was my high. Their chemistry was my low. What about you? Okay, so my low was definitely I Wish I Was a Princess. That okay. song that we heard like five times oh god we did we hear it five times every time she started singing it i was like they can't possibly make us listen to it again yeah but our, did every single time our, our, so we have a chat open with each other while we watch this because we don't like to suffer alone <laughs> and every time that that song would start both of our chats would just descend into no 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 please oh. don't do it again just always just always oh Okay, uh, my high was you asked me to make magic and you take away my hat. <laughs> that was a fabulous line, although they definitely got it accidentally. My actual high is Candy Cane. Every time she's on screen, I'm like, why is this happening? But in a slightly more positive way than when anybody else was on screen. Yeah, the vibe that I got was, where is this movie? I would like to watch the movie that she is in. The the movie where she is the main character, where, like why, she aren't I, she is. why aren't I watching that? I don't. Dear listeners, I picked today's movie. So the reason that Liv isn't watching a better movie is because of me. It's your fault. We did have this one on our list. It's not like you pulled this one out of some other list. This one was genuinely on the list. It was going to have to happen eventually. It was going to have to happen. I don't blame you much. I blame you a little bit. Because we didn't have to watch the 1899 Fever Dream and then this back-to-back. We could have watched something neutral in the middle. Mmm, palate cleanser. We could have had a palate cleanser, but no, no, you wanted to watch this. It'll be so fun. It was. It was really fun for me to watch you me have suffer? to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was, my high was watching you have to watch this as well. So I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping that they would chew the scenery more. Yes. The actor that, that plays been... Ty Parker, he played a really cheesy role on a Disney Channel show in which like, he played an actor on a fake teen drama show. And then the fake teen drama show, he had to like look at the screen and like do like squinty eyes. And like he, he, he was basically playing a fake teen drama. And it was hilarious. And I was hoping that he would channel that, but he seems to be playing it straight, which was a great disappointment to me. So what would you change about this movie? Oh, God. I mean, get rid of the Candy Cane subplot because that makes it not a Cinderella story, which, like, is clearly meant to be a Cinderella story. Mm -hmm. I would also make her, like, internship more genuinely terrible. And her uncle guy, like, genuinely absent because he seemed fairly involved. He did. It was very confusing, the role that he played, because when we meet him in the beginning, he's 
kind of bossing her around and telling her, you know, oh, I don't have time for you. You know, you have to take care of these girls. And he's being very bossy and you're getting very much a, oh, this is the adult in charge who's being mean role. But then he's not later. Okay, the whole time she's like, oh, I don't sing anymore, but have you listened to my... And he's always like, no, I don't have any time. I don't have any time. I don't have any time to listen to you. And then don't when he goes, you know, I have so I have a couple of minutes. Why don't you play me your song? And she's like, no, it's stupid. I don't want to. So, like, I don't know. I'm not saying he's, like, father of the year or anything. No, no, absolutely not. He is- but it's also not, like, for a real Cinderella story, you need, like, a certain level of abuse. You need a certain meanness to qualify. So, yeah, I, I would just cast everything differently. I would just recast everything except for Candy Cane. Right. And and Alan. Liv, what's your final grade for this movie? So I know what other movies are out there, but I'm giving this a D minus. Oh. I hated this. I hated it. I hated the songs. I hated the acting. I hated the characters. I hated the writing. I hated the sets. I hated the transitions. I hated the opening. I hated the clothes. I hated this movie. D minus. Wow. Okay. What about you? C minus. It was not good, and I enjoyed none of it, but it was also not actively, like, stabbing me in the eyeballs. Hard disagree. (laughs) I just feel like I wasn't mad during any of it. I was mad during all of it. I, I could see giving this a D instead of a D minus because of a couple of key performances. I'll give it a I'll give you it don't a have D. to change your grade. You don't no, have to I'll give change it a, your grade. I'll okay. give it a D because Candy Cane was fabulous and Kit was really funny. So okay. I'll give it a D because a character that was not supposed to exist was excellent and another character that was not supposed to exist was also very good. So I don't understand why they structured this as if it was going to be a Cinderella story when they borrowed almost nothing from it. If they hadn't titled it A Modern Cinderella... Cinderella. It would not have come across our radar as a Cinderella. It would have come across as a teen drama, teen comedy drama. Like it, I don't think they're even teens. They're, they're technically teenagers because she hasn't gone to college yet. I She's just, I feel like this is one of those weird in the middle movies where I don't know who it's for. I wish that they were younger and then this would be like passably cute. Yeah, if this, if this was shot by you know talented teenagers who could sing that would be fine or if they were just a little older and she was going to school and she was auditioning for like a a graduate position that would be also okay but that's not what's happening or she's auditioning for a music label or for it to be an opening band for somebody bigger or or something that made more sense than this here's the other thing the movie's really disjointed in what her goals are, because at first it starts out feeling like she wants to be a pop star, but yes. then you get that whole Berkeley sidetrack, so nothing ever really comes from her recording that I Wish I Was a Princess song. Nothing except that she gets this puppy prince. Yeah, like it doesn't get on the radio, she doesn't become like a hit, she doesn't even use it for her audition, so I don't know what we're supposed to get yes, from that. it was just there to make me angry. Mm. So... I feel like the answer to this is pretty clear, but Talon, should our listeners watch this? 
No. No, absolutely not. Great. Cool. I mean, it's one of those movies that's not bad enough to be enjoyably bad. It's yeah, just not very good. It's just it's just annoyingly bad the whole time in a way that isn't even fun to watch. I had fun. Okay, I will say this. Watch this if you can bully somebody else into watching it with you, and then you can watch them watch it, and then it's worth it. I would agree that watching this with a friend who you enjoy watching suffer is a saving feature of this film. Well, it's almost midnight, so thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, <laughs> please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella again, but with more adult beverages, and I gotta be honest, it's gonna be like 90% talking about how hot Uncle Alan is. It will be. It's gonna be my fault. I'm not sorry. You can join us in the Ever After Party. You can access that by supporting us at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. Until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after. Don't watch this movie. It wasn't Don't watch good. this movie. Don't do it. Don't do it. Make better decisions. Oh, choices. <laughs>